The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome to the SWP. Why it's a show crammed, jammed in there. Episodes every weekday. All the tales of Ottawa sports and whatever. It is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. James, you white t-shirted bastard. How are you? I, I, I always wear the white shirts. Always. Actually, Stevie, they're a little gray. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your whites aren't their whitest, I find. I got, you, you know, you've got, yeah, they're not. Uh, you. It's like, a, I'm a little judgmental, Stevie, of people, you know, and uh, uh, one of them is I, I often, uh, you know, will judge people on what they're wearing. You know, it's like, do, do you have a mirror, pal, at home? Right. Do you right. have, you know, the, the those, I've, I've only seen you and I've known you a long, long time. And I've only seen you every time I see you, you're wearing slippers outside, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and those, whatever those pants were that everyone wore for a long time, like leisure pants, Stevie, I don't know what they could, sweatpants, I guess. Yeah, sweatpants. Leisure pants. Leisure pants. Yeah, leisure pants. I thought the best was last week on the suspendables. You actually, because we were starting to do video with it and such, and you showed up on camera wearing a collared shirt, and it distracted the hell out of both Russ and I for the whole show to the point where Russ was talking about it during the show. Hey, you got to. You're looking good there. What what do you got going there? You got a you got a collared shirt? What the you hell? You got a shirt on. Yeah, with buttons. <laughs> you got buttons on your shirt. It was very it was almost like you were wearing a tuxedo or something. I know. Yeah. By comparison. Yeah. And I'm the guy, like I say, who okay, pal, really? Those smelly sweatpants, you know, or you or you see people at a store, you know, you're popping into a confectionery or you're at the grocery store. And I and I see people with with the sweatpants that are you know too long. They're about a hundred years old, Steve. They're all tattered at the heel, you know, on the back where they're you know they're dragging them along the ground. Yeah. Uh, the sandals they're wearing, Steve. Okay. I want to just stop them and go. Okay. See those sandals? Look down. See your sandals? Okay. They're dirty, rotten, disgusting, and smelly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And smelly. And so are your feet. Okay, and look down aisle four. Okay, we're at Costco or whatever, or Safeway. Look down aisle four. For four bucks, you can buy some new sandals. Okay, for four. Let me do it for you, Steve. Let me take you over there. Okay, buff up a little bit. Okay. Right. And I'm quickly reminded, though, Stevie going, okay, Jim, see that gray, smelly, white white shirt you have on? It's got one more day in it. Less than four bucks, pal. Less than four bucks. You could probably go somewhere and they're handing out, go to a hockey game, Jim. They're cannonballing t-shirts all day long. Just go, you know, if you probably found the guy, he'd probably give you one. Well, if, you had the, if you had the capability of doing online shopping, like you can buy like t-shirts in these massive quantities, like about 20 and they're they, about 50 cents a shirt or something like uh, that. You'd be in business. Well, it's that. age. Stevie, yeah. you, how should I put it? Stop giving a shit. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. You yeah. Know? So anyway, who am I to who am I to judge? Yeah. Well, it's certainly the years do roll by. Hard to believe. We just passed a uh, a very somber anniversary on the weekend, a 20-year anniversary. We'll get to that story coming up after these words. Are you on hold right now with the insurance website you use for convenience? Just text me and see how much more convenient that is. 
I'll take care of the problem for you and maybe even save you a little money along the way. And you can go back to watching the football game instead. Text 860-6008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Oh, it is nice that the NFL is back. Everybody knows that Jim K. Ford is a fantastic choice to handle your automotive needs, but they are also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. So whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck customized for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. I was blown away how it sort of snuck up on us, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 on Saturday. Like, a whole bunch of thoughts went through my mind. First and foremost, where have the last 20 years gone? And then secondary, just thinking back to the day of, as so many people did, and we have a you know a common story in that we were on the air the day of 9-11 back in 2001. I'm sure you remember, as I do, vividly that morning, when our producer, the bloated sack of guts, Tim Dunn, right, right at the end of our show around nine-ish, comes, I mean, as fast as he could get his little legs going, uh, running into the studio to turn on the TV to show a high-rise building that was smoking with a big hole in the side of it, which touched off just uh, an, an incredibly stressful, emotional day for, for everybody. And... uh what were your memories of that day that sort of stay, stay with you now? Yeah. Um, I guess, Steve, is, it, it's our generation's D-Day, you know? Um, you know, yeah. when that happened on September 11th, nine, you know, 2001. Um, yeah, they're piercing, you know? They're, they're, they're piercing, um, the, the memory I have. It, it went like this for me. Uh, we're doing the show. We're signing off. Uh, we have monitors in the studio, you're, you know, as you said, and I look up and Johnny, I remember Johnny saying, oh my goodness, as we, as we wrap up the show today, it looks like the, it looks like a, you know, there's been an accident and that a small plane has clipped, uh, one of the towers, you know, uh, one of the world trade towers. And, um, I remember looking at it because eerily enough, Steve, I was in the world trade center that year. I was I was in the building, right? Uh, earlier in January, or February, I went on a trip to New York, and I wa- walked downtown, and I was staying in Manhattan. And if you've ever been to New York City, it's just it's just like stimulation on steroids, man. The you know the, everything around you. It's the biggest city in the world, you know, or one of them, as as you know. And so I went down there to look at the World Trade Center and the two towers, and I remember standing at the base of it you know, looking up at this you know, soaring, soaring high rise. But what did strike me was how wide it is mm-hmm. at the bottom, how, how big it is at the bottom. And it, it stretches, Steve, the base of, the, of a World Trade Center tower was, you know, two and a half blocks or something. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not half a block like when you see a, a normal high rise. I mean, the, the thing was massive, massive, you know. And I remember when I saw that, the hole in the side of the tower when Johnny had mentioned it and you looked up and I said that a small plane wouldn't, wouldn't create a hole that big. What, what went through my mind, like a little set, you know, Johnny, 
alluded to it like it's probably a little Cessna, a little 180 Cessna or something. That's what I thought. And that's what I said on the air. I I wasn't I wasn't ever worried about it, to be honest, because it just looked I was I was thinking at the time, uh, Tim Dunn, our producer, like I think he's he's overreacting a little bit. He was signing off here. I'm not sure this is a big enough story. Some guy in a Cessna had a heart attack and his plane flew off course and hit the side of the World Trade Center. But little did I know how wrong I was. Right. And, uh, you know, so when I saw that, I went, that is way bigger than what, what a small plane would make. And then I went, I don't think small planes would be allowed to fly in there, like in that zone, right? I remember mm-hmm. going, trying to look at this thing. And I said, wow, that's freaking weird, you know, uh, terrible that they're being. And then, of course, 15 minutes later, you know, another another tower was hit. Um I remember getting more and more scared and then and then the story was, you know, developing further and further. Flight 93 uh was the, that was headed for uh was headed for the White House that and and the reason I know that it's flight 93 is there's there's three or four documentaries on on Netflix right now that are absolutely heart-wrenching. Yeah, I watched one on the weekend. It was one of them is about phone calls from from people yeah. who were on the on the plane, and um, it was Dateline, I think, that maybe did a one hour show on on that flight and interviewing all the children of it. And uh, I remember speaking to children. I remember racing home then. Uh, to be honest, I thought Steve, maybe you know, when it, when more of more of it developed, I thought, good God, we better get out of here because first of all, the American em- embassy is two blocks from us. Uh, are they gonna? Are they gonna target that? Are they gonna target the Parliament buildings? Or you know, where is this going? And I remember racing home, I want, wanting to be with my kids, right, to to walk them through this. Right now, all these kids, you know, that's twenty years ago, right? So my 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 one son was born in '02, so he wasn't born yet, but my two other kids were, uh, and and my daughter would be six or seven years old at that time. And I remember going, I better be with her to try and explain this thing when they look at it. But uh, that's what I remember the most. And and the other the other one was uh, sitting down. I, I don't know what day it was, Steve, what day of the week it was uh, when it happened, 9-11. Uh, obviously, it was a work day. Uh, was it? Was I want to say it's a Tuesday, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because I think we had to go, I, I think... We had to have a meeting saying, what are we possibly going to do tomorrow for the show? And I remember us trying to plan something out. They flipped the format to CFRN, I think, right away on that day. They took yeah. our, our station and um, and then talking to the boss and us sitting around saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and, and, and this is what the plan is for tomorrow. And I remember us flipping the mics on the next day and the whole plan going out the window. The whole just not knowing what to say, what to react to. Uh, and it, it reminded me of the process I went through with the tragedy of my brother dying when I heard the news and I raced back home. And while I was flying home saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how we're going to handle this. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be a rock. My parents are going to need help with this. And, and I sort of had this lucid process I was going through. And then I landed and my brother was there, my brother Paul to pick me up wide eyed and said to me, hang on to your hat here when you get home. You know, you are not going to be prepared for, for what you're about to see with my parents, you know. And and when I walked in the door, it was all, you know, all bets were off. You know, my father was lying in a ball on the floor. Just, it was just, 
it was just horrible. And, and the, the plan was out the window, Steve, you know, mm-hmm. to how I'm going to handle this tragedy. And it reminded me of that when we, you know, remember that Steve, we said, okay, here's what we'll do. Uh, da, da, da. And then we flipped the mics on and we're looking at Jr. And he kind of paused and said, don't know what we're going to do today, folks. You know, we don't know how we're going to handle this. And then it ended up being kind of a, a release for people, Steve, to, to phone in. Remember, it was just the, the phones lit up. Um, when you asked me, what do I remember? And I just remember that the next day with people phoning one after another, one after another to talk about it and, and the fear, um, you know, and the anxiety and the emotion and, um, th- that that's blurry now. My memory fades, but that's what I remember. And then, and well, then the tag just- onto that was the, what we would do after that and when it was going to be sensible and appropriate to start talking about sports again. And we had some real wars over that, the three of us bickering away and such, because no matter when you did it, whether whether it was two, three days or two, three weeks, right? you know, the first words where we're getting into the third line center situation with the Ottawa Senators or whatever bit of nonsense we get into in a sports, it just was so trivial. It didn't matter. And that's, uh, that's what sports has always been. You know, it's the toy box of life and the news is obviously the realities of life and when do you move away from a story right. like that and uh and and start spending time in i think just psychologically you had to you had to pull yourself away from it at some point and obviously we did but it was a difficult transition that's what i remember yeah um all of that you know all of that for sure and but but out of you know uh, the the biggest thing i remember the most stevie was of all those phone calls were regular callers of ours phoned in, you know, the regular group of people that had become, become part of our show from an angry owl to a matrix to uh, whoever else, you know, um, and, and they had phoned in, you know, um, and then there was a call because, uh, because what possibly, uh, you know, how, how, how are we possibly going to get through this? Is there ever going to be anything good to talk about again for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and someone phoned, and it was just heart-wrenching, saying um, his sister lives in New York and works at the World Trade Center. And she was on her way to work, and she was late. So that's that was good. You know, it was like quarter to 10 or something, and the, all hell had broken loose. And he said he got a phone call from his sister, and she was wondering whether to go further to, to get downtown towards the World Trade Center, should she literally... Should she go on further or turn around and go home? And then that's how the guy put it. And and we're all waiting there, right? Big pause. And he goes, I haven't been able to get a hold of her. Yeah. And and we and you know, our hearts just dropped. And and then it was two or three days later, we got a phone call from that same guy. And he said, You won't believe it. I found my sister alive. Uh she did get she did go into the building. She did try and help people. Uh, she got injured but survived, and I found her at a at a hospital five miles north or something of Manhattan, right? And I just remember, if, just if, if even for a moment, if even for a moment going, oh, my God, is that ever good news? You know, is that ever good news? I, yeah. You know, I thought I had the worst luck ever when I was talking about my brother, and and then I came home one day. You would remember this too, and and my wife, Allison, at the time, was crumpled in a ball on the phone with her mother because her brother got killed in a plane crash. And when you talk about this story that there, there were people who did 
end up not dying because of a scheduling thing, Stevie, you know, or, or whatever. And his, his name was Dane. He was flying a small plane and uh, he was by himself getting some solo hours. And he ended up um, into some bad weather and hit a silo in the, you know, uh, literally a needle in a haystack. It was a small silo in the middle of a field of a thousand acres with nothing mm-hmm. else around it. Um, the, the eerie thing about that whole story was Dane has a couple of boys and a couple of friends who um, were supposed to go with him that night. His two sons were supposed to fly with him on that, that plane. And he got home and was waiting for them. And there was a note on the kitchen table from Catherine, their mother, saying, we forgot the boys have lacrosse practice. Right. So they can't go. So then on his way out to the airport, he stopped at a friend's place who said, anytime, man, anytime you're going, let me know. And so he did. He phoned the guy, said, I'll be right by. And the guy said, great. He stopped at the guy's house and, and the, the, he knocked on the door. The guy came to the door and said, I, I, I forget why, Steve. He said, sorry, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and they would have died. You know, yeah. they would have died. My two nephews would have died and, and that friend of Dean's. So um, I to- totally understand what you were saying when you, when you bring that up. Well, there's uh, stories like that throughout history and pop culture. You think of country singer Waylon Jennings. He should have been on the flight that, uh, crash that took the lives of uh, Buddy Holly, the big bopper, Richie Valens, um, the infamous right. plane crash of the Marshall University football team. I learned all about that with the uh, Matthew McConaughey movie. There was one of the assistant coaches on the team at the very last second. He decided he was going to drive back so that some guy could get back on his on his flight to see his wife that night. He basically took that guy's car and drove it home. He, could, he should have been on that plane until that last second request. And then there's actor Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy fame. He should have been on one of the 9-11 planes. Wow. But wow. he, the travel agency, I, I, I don't know who prints tickets, but whoever printed the ticket got the time wrong, and he was 15 minutes late for his flight and missed it. And he would wow. have been on one of the planes as well. So there's right. all kinds of stories like that, and it just blows your mind about how fragile it all is for sure. And why them and not us? Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, today we remember 2,977 lives lost, 24 Canadians included in that on the 20th anniversary of uh, 9-11. We shall take a time out here on the program, back with more after these words. Are you looking for a better value on your insurance dollar? If all the companies are charging close to the same price, who would you pick? What if I threw in an expert on your side for the same price? Call or text me today. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford today. Hit the road in a new 2021 model with your choice of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. These are unconventional times right now, but for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle to your home place of work for a demonstration and test drive jim k ford in orleans or jimkford.com and compared to this time last year the price of a home in ottawa has skyrocketed and if you're curious to know what your home is worth in a blazing hot market like this call the glenn walton real estate team today for a free no obligation estimate you'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market 
Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. Is it hard for you, Steve, to do those ads where I forget to hit my mute button and I'm sniffing and snorting away? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the clients appreciate a little phlegm in the background. No, I'm like, oh, well, yeah. okay, Steve, I'll take a break here. Steve, he's doing the ad. I can just regroup for a second. And then I go, exactly. oh, okay, the mute button's not on. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a couple of COVID issues. One being that we've got, I guess, as we record this uh, Tuesday of this week, um, is that they're they're planning some big uh, protest about having vaccine passports and being told they have to have their vaccinations. Anti-vaxxers having protests, which is one thing, you know, do that in Parliament Hill. You know what? I'll support the right to do that. Wouldn't agree with that. But they've chosen local Ottawa hospitals as the place they're going to protest. So the people that are not vaccinated, James, are protesting in a place where cancer victims will be rolling up to get their treatment with immune systems that are garbage at the moment. It just blows my mind how moronic people can be. That's just the last place you should be gathering a huge bunch of people to protest. And what's more, (laughs) the hospitals aren't making policy, by the way. You know, so you're at the wrong spot. Get out of there. It's it's horrific, man. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait a minute. Can, we, can I go down there and just talk to one of you? I, I, I just want to see what your mindset is here. I just want to get in, in your head and yeah. explain to me what you're doing. So you have a personal opinion of this thing. And so now you're going to try and stop people from going into a hospital? Yeah. <laughs> um, were were you in a hospital ever at any point, sir? What have you had to bring your kids there? Do you, okay, you haven't. Do you know anyone who's needed the services of a hospital of medical? I, it's hardly even worth talking about. You know, it, I listen, Stevie. I, I get it. I get it. If. Uh, you know, GMOs, right? It's a big thing out, you know, in farming, genetically modified organisms that everyone are freaking out about, right? That you're 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 using artificial chemicals to grow food, right? Right. Big deal, right? It's a big deal for people. It's you know, the farmers are saying get out of our way. It's it's saving us millions of dollars, blah, blah, blah. But people are protesting it. I'm I might understand that. Go- global warming, Stevie, climate change. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I get it. I get it. You know that that you you may want to take a stand, uh, you know, Me Too movement, on and on, Stevie. I get it, but but denying people healthcare, you know, immediate healthcare. By the way, Steve, okay, right. I'm trying to walk into a hospital here because you know I've got a I've got a bowel obstruction, pal, that I got to get in, and I can't get in. I can't get in, and and if I don't know I if they're can, blocking I, them, but I, I would hope that they're, you know, giving well, them lots of social distance, and hopefully they're not jamming a placard into some guy in a wheelchair's face or something like that. This is all the things I picture. It just so misguided this whole thing. Yeah. Or, or I have to answer your question. Some layman who's standing outside of the hospital and this guy's saying, I'll, I'll stand out of the way. If, if, if you're uh, not, not here, you know, if you're, if you're not vaccinated and you're going to go in without a mask, I I, I can't, I can't get my head around it. I'd love to see like a doctor go out sarcastically or a nurse or even just a hospital employee, just go out, jump on the microphone and say, 
for those of you who are here protesting against us, what can right. we do for you? Why are you here? You know, here, here's the other thing I, I, that, that, that people need to know. Totally interesting, okay? Totally interesting from a doctor that I heard. And one of the arguments, Stevie, that makes you kind of look up and raise a bit of an eyebrow is people talking about the side effects of the virus, okay? That we don't, it hasn't been around long enough, but there could be, uh, you know, could, could there be anywhere from sort of moderate, mild side effects to tragic side so effects. So side effects of the vaccine, you're saying? That's right, that's okay. right, right? So, so people are going, we don't know yet. We don't know yet, so get out of my way. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it, yet I've got to be able to function during the day, and, and you got to let me in, but I'm an anti-vaxxer, blah, blah, blah. So... I hear from this doctor yesterday saying, okay, let's agree with you that there's going to be some side effects from this thing. We have to uh, look at that and say there might be, but the, the quicker Stevie, we distribute the vaccine and we get on this, it's going to help us down the road. If there are side effects instead of waiting. So maybe there are, but I'm telling you, it's good to know that now. Okay, so get the freak out of the way. The longer you wait for us not to research side effects, it's going to be worse. Right. So if there are side effects, let's all agree that there may be, allow us to start looking into that right now, right? Because the quicker we do that, the quicker we're going to be able to resolve it. And so he's not arguing against it. He's not, he's not saying 100% no side effects we don't know. Of course they don't know what's going to happen with it. I think they've you got know, a pretty my, good idea. I don't think they introduce it to the entire population of planet Earth and suggest people take it if they have zero idea of what the side effects are. I think that they don't have a 100% picture of maybe down the road side effects, but I think they have a pretty damn good idea or they yeah. wouldn't be doing this. Like Bill, Bill Burr has said, uh, the comedian, many times, so I'm not going to sit here without a medical degree and tell people, what they should or shouldn't do. Um, right. And that's, I think that that should be the psyche of most people. How about this? My ex-wife is a doctor, is a family physician, and she's working on, she started working on a COVID team when it happened and she's back working on a COVID team in the hospital. Okay. Hmm. Helping. Awesome. She told me the other day that it's getting busier and busier. That there's more incidents of people coming in with COVID. Uh, the, the reason you go to the hospital is if you need oxygen, I think is the number one thing. If you're having trouble breathing, Right. Uh, th then you, you get into the hospital right away. If, if you don't, I guess you have to sit home and deal with this, you know, deal with having the virus. Um, so it's growing, the amount of patients coming in. That's one thing. Of all, How, of how many of those cases are vaccinated? Well, I'm just going to explain it to you. Uh, okay. um, so of all those people coming in, okay, who have COVID, none of them have been, none of them have been vaccinated. Not only that, Steve, okay? Not only that, if you can believe this, Steve, some of them are there for a second time <laughs> with COVID and still haven't been vaccinated. Unbelievable. I, right. I mean, I like Sylvain Lefebvre. He's a assistant coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was excited to get that job this summer. Uh, Longtime NHL player. Played with, uh, people remember him from the Habs, the Leafs, the Nordiques, the Avalanche, and the Rangers. Had a pretty decent NHL career. He signed a three-year deal this summer to be an assistant coach. Um, but he no longer has his job. 
He basically opted not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So the Columbus Blue Jackets opted to not have him around. He has right. been let go by the team. And that just that takes it to a whole other level. Like you're going to give up your job. You're going to just, <laughs> just fly in the face of all the medical science out there. And uh, you're so sure you're right that you're giving up your job. It's just a bizarre, bizarre decision, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's. I don't always have good analogies, but but I throw them out there anyway. Um, it's like Steve, if you eat fattening food, okay, if you know, and there's going to be side effects from it, okay, but you got to have food, Steve. You got to eat, mm-hmm. okay. Otherwise, you'll die, okay. And and if the only foods available are are, are greasy foods, okay. Are you going to block people from going to eat because they're going to get fat? Because there's going to be, be, you know, there, there's going to be side effects from. It? No, of course not. You no, know, and by the way, if you don't, okay, you're going to die. Okay. Well, no, that's a conspiracy. I can, I can live off other things. You know, the air is good. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just when I saw that protesting hospitals, I thought I, I often think when those things are so ridiculous that it's a Saturday Night Live skit. You know, making right. you know how clever they are at making fun of of very serious matters. You know, yeah. So, anyway. All right, let's call it a day right there. Uh, just a reminder that our website for this podcast is uh, stevewproject.com. Any questions you have about the show, the chances are they'll be answered there, along with how you can become a Patreon member. Again, stevewproject.com. James, until next time, look Best forward to, to talking to you shortly. And uh, yeah, I I hate to do this to you, Steve. For my final thoughts. Thought. I, I really do. I really do. Hit me. Uh, because I was pumped thinking of my bro- uh, buddy, my brother Warnsey. Uh, I couldn't wait to see uh, the Tom Brady deal. Okay. They end up winning. They beat Dallas. Uh, quickly then tuning in next to going, Aaron Rodgers is going to knock it out, man. He is going to oh, knock it out and geez. take on Tom Brady here with because he doesn't think, you know, Tom's been sort of lucky. You know, Tom's really good, but Aaron's had that sort of little edge to him, Stevie. That Oh, is that right? Is that right? Yeah? Watch me go, Stevie. Watch me go. Okay? For opening day. Aaron Rodgers. I went to watch the game, Steve. I tuned yeah. in late. He wasn't there. No, he got pulled from the game. I don't I remember the last time. Or something. Aaron, I don't remember if Aaron Rodgers has ever been pulled from a game unless like the... Green Bay Packers are so far out in front, they're giving the other guy a chance, or Aaron Rodgers is being taken off due to injury. No, they took him off because he was sucking ass, <laughs> as the whole team did in a 38-3 oh, no. mauling Sunday at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. And keep in mind, the Saints have like a reclamation project at quarterback in Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis Winston is suddenly looking like an MVP candidate, or at least Green Bay made him look that way. You like four or five touchdown passes. So, uh, same Buffalo supposed to... story. That's the Buffalo story from last year with the quarterback. Maybe yep. Green Bay will do it. Well, anyway, uh, Steve, I'm sorry. I thought he was injured or something. No. You're, you're Aaron Rodgers and your Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's wrap up the show right now. Your final thought. Your final thought sucks. <laughs> we'll see you Good later, night, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.